0: Welcome to the Red Book Handbook Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Kramer Kay. Each week we bring you useful advice on all sorts of things, healthcare, beauty, your questions, and money tips. In fact, that's this week's topic. Listen up to find out what every woman needs to know about her finances. Say you landed that raise, you paid off your credit card, and you're saving some money. You feel pretty secure, right? Think again. These basic steps aren't enough. Even if you're relatively well off right now, things can change fast, says Mary Claire Alvine, a financial planner and author of The 7 Most Important Money Decisions You'll Ever Make. In fact, nearly 1.5 million women filed for bankruptcy in 2005. Roughly half were married and half were single, divorced, or widowed. But fear not, we've got six money smart moves that will go a long way toward protecting you, no matter what life has in store. Our first tip, be sure to protect your cash and yourself. If you're married, open your own savings account. In addition to the accounts you have with your husband or partner, which should include a joint emergency fund worth about 10% of your combined income, put aside 10% of your personal annual income in your own name, says financial planner Susan Strasbaugh, who is an owner and principal of Strasbaugh Financial Advisory. Why do you need your own account? Either one of you can clean out a joint account at any time, says Strasbaugh. Plus, having a savings account in your own name without your husband or boyfriend ensures that you've got cash in case of disaster, illness, or disability. But what if you're a stay-at-home mom and don't earn an income? Discretionary spending money should be equal for both partners, says Alvin. Establish how much each of you can spend outside the family cash pool. Then put aside at least 10% of that into your own savings account. You'll also want to get your own credit card. Having at least one credit card in your name that you use regularly establishes your credit history. If you're married, it will give you some protection if anything goes wrong with your husband's credit. Good credit is crucial for everything from getting a low mortgage rate to opening a cell phone account. Once a year, request a free copy of your report from all three national credit reporting agencies. You can get that at www.annualcreditreport.com. Look for errors, like late payments that weren't actually late, or signs of identity theft, like accounts you've never opened. Make sure to report any errors immediately by phone or through the credit agency websites at experian.com disputes, transunion.com, and equifax.com. You know you've heard it a million times, but once again, open a retirement account. Here's a scary stat. 2.5 million women aged 65 and over live in poverty, more than twice the number of men in poverty in that age bracket. So whether you're single or married, you need your own retirement account. Not only does your own retirement account protect you in case of divorce, it's fun to control the investment options, says Strasbaugh. Join your plan at work if your company offers one. While many experts recommend saving 10% of your income for retirement, Even if you're saving only the minimum, which is typically 1% of your income, a little bit will make a big difference over time. 74% of companies that provide a 401k or other retirement plan will match your contributions. The typical match is up to 6% of your salary. That's free money for you. If your company doesn't offer a retirement savings plan, you've maxed out an existing one, or you don't work outside the home, you can put away up to $4,000 or more if you're over 50 in a traditional Roth IRA through companies like Fidelity at Fidelity.com or Vanguard at Vanguard.com. You can usually open an IRA with as little as $200, and some firms like TIAA-CREF, that's T-I-A-A hyphen C-R-E-F will waive the minimum if you make monthly investments of at least $50. You may not like to think about it, but you really should plan for the worst. If anyone depends on your income or your husband's income, like your kids, an aging parent, or even yourself, you both need enough life insurance to support these dependents in case one of you dies unexpectedly. Most single people without kids don't need insurance unless they support another family member. A rough rule of thumb is to insure your husband for seven to ten times his salary, says insurance specialist James Santos. If the family depends on your income, use the same rule for your own life insurance. And if either you or your partner is not working, consider a minimum of $250,000. Most people won't necessarily need life insurance forever, usually just until your kids can earn their own income. That's why it's a smart move to buy term insurance, which covers you for a set period, say, 20 years. You can compare plans and prices at termquote.com or quotesmith.com. If you support a family member who will never be able to live independently, like a disabled child or parent, or if you'd like your spouse to be protected through old age, you should consider permanent insurance, such as whole life policies. These cost more, but cover you for your entire life as long as you pay the premiums. To find an agent who can help you and to educate yourself on the types of insurance, go to lifeline.org. Here's an important step that might get overlooked, but it's important that you get organized. In an emergency, you don't want to waste time rummaging through important papers or passwords. Once a year, list all your bank accounts, credit cards, loans, investments, insurance policies, and other financial data in one place. Keep it all on paper with any PIN numbers or access codes in a safe deposit box or in a secure computer file. You also need to list the name of your lawyer, where your will is, and details about any other assets you have. If you need help listing all your financial details, go to that's scrogginlaw.com. That's S C R O G G in law.com and click on the family love letter. The last tip be sure to build your own financial relationships. Develop your own relationship with any financial professionals that you use in your family, says Alexandra Liebenthal, president of a financial planning boutique. The worst time to try to make that happen is after an emotional situation like death or divorce. Attend all appointments and sit in on all calls with financial planners. Ask as many questions as it takes for you to truly understand your financial picture. Above all, don't sign any financial documents without knowing what they mean. If you take steps now to build relationships and understand your finances as a whole, you and your money will be better off. If you missed any of this info, you can find the text of this podcast at redbookmag.com by searching what women must know about money. There's even a handy chart that tells you how much money you should really be spending each month on your expenses. I hope these tips will get you on the road to a strong financial future. Be sure to download the podcast next week when I'll be investigating whether or not you should really trust those at-home health tests. Talk to you then.